you were placing a bet, would you take a high school boys basketball team or the WNBA champs? That's a discussion we are going to get all the way into as a not so controversial take has taken the internet by storm. Plus week eight and of the NFL, obviously getting into all of that and so much more. I'll kick the morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Happy Monday morning. It is completely rainy and disgusting here in New York City. So hopefully, wherever you are watching from around the country, you are waking up to some nicer weather. Anyways, regardless of the situation, thank you for being here. Charlie Arnold, welcome to Outkick the Morning. And also joining me today for the ride, we have Chris Mano. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be back. How are you? I'm doing well. Any any uh, Anything happening on your front? Anything from the weekend that stood out to you? No, I, I caught a couple of football games. I got to watch some college on Saturday. I coached on Saturday. Wow. So, so it's a lots of... Lots beautiful of, weather out here, though, on the weekend. Now back to normal. Yes, so. yes. It's, it seems like no matter what, like the rain is just plaguing New York City. It always does, though, this time of year, right? I mean, every does day... Does it? I don't know. I feel like this, this year feels extra, like... It could Intense. Be. It's part of the reason I wake up super early, because when I wake up with that gloomy gray, it just starts my day off wrong. Yeah, and I think you told me last time, you and probably the same as this time, you've already gotten a workout in, I'm imagining. Because I, I can't just wake up and come. I travel like an hour to get here every day, so yeah, lifetime sky. Wow. So, yes, I'm, wow. I'm there early. You are like just beating the rest of us. The rest of us who already thought we were waking up to have a probably pretty productive day, this guy has already worked out, so uh, I guess we need to all step it up, if, if that's the case. Um, okay, let's actually take a look at some of the football from this weekend. Okay. Um, not the games you coached. We'll take a look at the NFL to begin okay. with. Uh, the Broncos beat the Chiefs, which a lot of people weren't expecting. Uh, it was pretty much a blowout. Uh, a few things that we'll, you know, take note of that happened during that game. Uh, one of which, Taylor Swift was not there. She no. was not there. And uh, we've seen what happens when she is there. We saw Travis Kelsey put up almost career record numbers uh, last week. Uh, this week, though... Not so great. The Chiefs themselves as a whole didn't play great. And then the Broncos decided to take it a step further and troll all of the Chiefs fans in attendance by playing Taylor Swift's music after the game. What do you think about that? What do you think about Taylor Swift being such a focal point in the NFL, especially at the Chiefs games each and every week now? I think the Taylor Swift business is a good business. So I think the NFL probably, that's probably their primary focus. I think it's killing the Chiefs, though, oddly enough, every time. Travis shows out when she's there and over 100 yards every game and 46, I think, when he's not. So, yeah, uh, first game Mahomes has lost in the AFC West on the road since he's been in the league. And, uh, and yeah, this was a tough weekend for us. Do you think that it has to do with the fact that <clears throat> is, is it pure coincidence or is there something that Travis is so obsessed with her that he's like, I got to be super locked in and I got to play really well? Like, is there anything to do with the fact that he is crushing on her so hard that he does have these show-out games when she's around. Well, I don't know if it's just that, but I do think there's definitely something to be said for us, sorry, playing to a different level when we're trying to impress certain people. But, uh, I mean, he, we've seen him do it for a million years without it. I think it's something to do with the offense. The wide receiver group is a bit different this year. But, yeah, maybe there's something to be said for it. If your fiancé was in the crowd, would you be playing a better game than if she wasn't in the crowd? <laughs> I'd like to think no. But it's maybe the first two or three, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I might be trying to make a point, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's cool for him. She, the way she could light up a crowd with, uh, with her shows, I, I'm sure it's nice for him to be able to do his thing and let her see that, you know? Well, I feel like I would just get nervous if the person that I was really into was at the game, and I probably would play worse 
uh, than if they weren't there. So I would prefer the situation to be like this, but apparently I, Travis Kelsey is just a different breed. I, I, I actually feel like that, too. Like, anything I do, but I'd, I'd much rather have a big speech in front of people I don't know than people I care exactly. about their opinions. So, yeah, I guess exactly. I what you're saying there. Um, okay, so talking about putting on a performance, uh, this was really interesting and something I was not expecting to see uh, because Flava Flav has been out of, I, well, I mean, at least out of my mind for quite a while now. I think the last time I really thought about Flavor Flav was on Flavor of Love, which was the VH1 show from, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago. Uh, it was one of the greatest reality shows ever. It was absolutely bonkers, off the wall. Well, anyways, the 90s rapper is now, I guess, trying to burst back onto the music scene. Uh, he gave a rendition of the national anthem at the Milwaukee Bucks game, uh, and not everyone was a huge fan of it. Yeah, did, I get did it. Did you get a chance to... To listen to the uh, rendition of Flavor Flav's National Anthem. I saw it, I listened to it, and I loved it. You I, loved it? I loved it. Look, I don't think he's going to win any, you know, Emmys or, or any But it Grammys. was horrible. It's cool, but he did it with passion, and he did it with his soul, and he put his heart into so it. So that's what matters to you, right? It's America's song. Of course I want him to go out there and sing it with everything he has. When, when the, you've seen the few times where the National Anthem singer kind of freezes up, or the, the speakers go out, Yeah, the crowd sings it together. And we're not good, but we sing it with love and we sing it with passion. And for that reason, I loved it, especially in a time now where a lot of people don't feel that way or, or they don't allow us to show how much we love the country. I thought it was awesome. And I tweeted about it and Flav liked it. Oh, so well, well, that, well, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of passion, uh, we have a guy around here at OutKick. Y'all may have heard of him. His name is Clay <clears throat> Travis. Yeah, he's the founder of, of this very platform that we are sitting on right now. Anyways, well, last week, Clay got on his show, Outkick 360, and he said this, quote, a good state champion caliber high school boys team would smoke the best team in the WNBA. Then this weekend, after the video was posted and the critics, of course, came for him, he doubled down on what he said posting this <coughs> on X, quote, it's sexist to say women's basketball players aren't as good as men's. That was a question, obviously. It's my opinion, and I'm putting a million dollars behind it. If I'm wrong, the WNBA team can take my money and make more from one game than they do for the entire season. Okay, so let's get into this, because obviously there's a lot of people out there who are just assuming that Clay is being sexist, that he is trying to really punk the WNBA, because let's be honest, the ratings for the WNBA aren't great, which is exactly why Clay made the joke at the end of that if you were to give them a million dollars for losing the bet, that would be more than the WNBA would make regularly for one game under normal circumstances. Uh, but the fact remains that men and women, biologically, super different. And that's what he's talking about. We even look at a boys high school basketball team and the makeup of their players, what they're able to do, uh, their size, their skills, and look at the WNBA players who are oftentimes much older, uh, they're professional basketball players, but still, the level of competition would not at all be on the same playing field. Uh, so, Chris, let's get into that. What, are, what is your take on this? The fact that people would say that, Clay, you're being sexist, when reality remains. Men and women, super different, even at very different ages, different places in their careers, uh, there would be no matchup whatsoever. I don't even think it's questionable. I love that Clay took it to him. I think a lot of times silence speaks louder than words. The Las Vegas Aces haven't said anything in response yet. Mm -hmm. So look, I, you're right. I dug into the rosters, the Las Vegas Aces. And then look, I've, I've spent some time training at IMG Academy. I work with athletes at a school called, a school called Lou High, which is one of the top programs in the country. And we have guards 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". 
We're on the aces, the tallest players are 6'3 and 6'4, and those are their bigs. So they don't even have anybody to really account for the bigs on the male teams. And I don't know that it's how, how in any way is this a, a sexist a thing question. to say. Yeah. Well, I have a woman, I think, who will be able to help answer this question. Uh, she is super smart, she's super intelligent. I am a big fan of her, everybody. You're also a big fan of her. We all are. It just it just has to be said. So let's go ahead and bring in the woman of the hour, <coughs> Riley Gaines. Hello, Riley. I'm, ha I'm happy to see you again. I feel like I get to spend so much time with you these days. I know, right? Um, very good to see you. And I will say it is rainy here as well, which just sucks. Uh, okay, so are you, I know the last time we talked, you were like bouncing all over the place. Where are you right now? I'm actually in Nashville, but headed to New York today, so. Oh. I'll be oh, on deck. Okay, well, welcome. You get to go from rain to rain. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, perfect. So, Riley, let's get into uh, the topic that we were just discussing. Obviously, Clay, uh, being a little bit sarcastic in the way that he framed the question, uh, but he's saying he's willing to make a bet that the WNBA champions, still being the champions, professional basketball, basketball players, would not be able to hold a candle to any high school boys basketball team in the country. Is he being sexist or is he just speaking facts that men and women are very different in terms of what they are capable of athletically? Boom, right there. It's not sexist to say men and women are different. It, like you said, it's reality, it's truth, it's common sense, it's logic, it's reasoning. We all know it. We learned it in like, actually I don't even think you ever even have to really learn this in school. You know this from when you're young, it's inherent to know that men and women are different. And that's not to say that women aren't inferior or that women are inferior or we're not capable or strong or, or anything else. It is simply to say we are different and we can look through through past events. Let's look at the U.S. women's national soccer team. Let's look at Serena and Venus Williams. Let's look at um, these hockey teams that have have done this. And the outcome is always the same. So. I mean, so obviously you're taking, if you're putting the bet, you're going to put the bet on the boys basketball team, high school level, versus a professional squad, not to mention the champions from the WNBA, right? Of course. And these, this team, um, they should be ecstatic. <laughs> if they see no difference here, they should put their money where their mouth is, play, and win a million dollars if that's what they really thought. But of course, they're not doing that because even they don't really think it. Uh, Riley has been all over the country uh, for the past, I don't know, at this point, how many months have you been going around, talking to students, really voicing your opinions on the subject? How long has it been, Riley? Gosh, probably a year and a half. Okay, so a year and a half, and you are used to running into pretty much the same thing everywhere you go. You are met with tons of protests, uh, critics, people that want to shut down this very simple argument, one that you said we haven't even needed to learn. It's not something that was ever taught in schools because it didn't need to be taught in schools. It was inherent. We knew it the second that we were able to start thinking for ourselves. Well, anyways, uh, you have run into all types of problems recently, uh, starting with Harvard last week. You're going to UC Davis this, last, this week. Uh, and what we're seeing is that what you're going in order to promote is not allowed to be promoted, uh, specifically on the Eventbrite website. Uh, yet they are taking the initiative to promote all different types of other causes, things that 
are in direct rebuttal to what you're doing, uh, not to mention pro-Hamas rallies, just as an example. Um, what's going on with all this? Because I know now Senator Schmidt from Missouri is trying to get involved and say, Eventbrite, like, what's going on here? You're, you're clearly being hypocritical in the things that you are allowing to be publicized and then not allowing to be publicized. So uh, what's the latest on this whole debacle? Well, I haven't heard anything from the CEO, from the co-founder, um, nothing other than the comment where he told myself and OutKick and the rest of our team to go F ourselves, which is truly so professional and mature for a co-founder and chairman. Um, that's ridiculous. But truly, I think it's pretty disheartening that we live in a time where a pro-woman message is discriminatory and violates some sort of hateful content policy, but pro-terrorist groups events are not. I think it's incredibly telling. Um, and again, it's just kind of heartbreaking. I think as a woman, I think even as a human being, as a Christian, we're living in this time. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. We have a lot of plans surrounding how we can combat this, um, how we can put some pressure on Eventbrite to make changes to where this doesn't happen again, because this isn't the first time uh, they've canceled other pro-woman events. And I say pro-woman because they say anti-trans. And my message is not anti-trans. It's not anti-anything. It's pro-reality. It's pro-fairness. It's pro-truth. And again, it's pro-woman, not anti-anything. Well, yeah, and just real quick, I feel, I feel like that's a really important note to make because anti-trans, it's not like you're saying trans people don't deserve the right to equal opportunities. That's not what you're saying. You're just saying squarely women deserve to preserve the spaces that were created specifically for them and in order to keep competition fair and equal. That is all we are saying here. And I, I, I think that is such a good point to make. And I hope everyone out there really hears that point. This has nothing to do with being anti-trans. This is squarely pro-woman. Anyways, I just wanted to make that loud and clear because when you said that, it really resonated with me, so. Riley, Chris here. It's great to speak to you finally. I know, I had it's a good to, to you. I had a chance to hear you also. I had a chance to kind of follow, I want to follow up on your Harvard uh, speech. I had a chance to hear it and I loved it. I heard you say that this is broader than women's sports now at this point. What we're doing is we're denying objective truth. And I thought you hit it right on the head. Can you elaborate a little more on that? Absolutely. Um, when I was first really impacted by this a year and a half ago, I don't know if I necessarily understood the scope. I knew it affected me. I knew it meant that I lost out on a trophy. I knew it meant that um, I, you know, I saw the, the locker room scene. I saw the silencing from our universities. But I will tell you, a year later, stepping back, removing myself from the situation, I see how broad this is. Um, it's happening in women's prisons, domestic violence shelters, and again, the underlying issue is the, the premise of the argument and why I feel so passionately about it is that we're denying truth. And it's the most basic of truths, okay? Man and woman. And we're denying that. And to deny that is to deny the sky is blue. And so we always have to be asking ourselves, what's next? Um, what's the next thing? A few months back, I said, okay, well, if we're already denying our sex, what, starts, what, what happens when we start denying our age? And just a week or two ago, there was a 50-year-old man who happened to be trans in Canada who's swimming with the 13, 14-year-old girls because he claimed to be 13, 14. So now we're on to this whole new trans Isn't age. Isn't that so gross? I mean, that's just perverted to me. That has, There's no way around this. If I'm a 13 or 14-year-old uh, child's parent, I would be infuriated. Like, 
competition aside, I don't care if it's, you know, he's going to beat my kid in a race. This is literally just flat out disgusting. Of course. But that's, that's what I'm saying here is, is we have to be asking ourselves what's next. Um, and it sounds crazy. It sounds like we can't get any crazier than where we are now, but I continue to be proved wrong every single day. Um, if anyone has read 1984, it's as if we're being asked to say two plus two is five. And we have so many people adhering to this. Um, and again, you can read that book and see how it turns out. Uh, and it's not pretty, yet that's actively what we're going through right now. And Riley, on a positive note, we had a jujitsu tournament in the news this weekend. I know you know about it. Uh, it was awesome. We got to see the girls stand up and say, we are not having any more of this. And look, in the night, Naga kind of amended their rule book. And look, they spoke up and made some noise. Talk to me a little bit about that. It's huge. That is what we have needed to see. We have needed to see girls step back and look what happens when you do. It took 21 hours, just 21 hours for Naga to uh, change their policies and um, protect women's sports, prioritize fairness over inclusion. That is how powerful public opinion is because there was a lot of outrage. Um, there was a, an article posted by Redux um, who collaborated with Icons who really exposed this because let's be real, I don't think a lot of people would know about this had someone not drawn attention to it because it's jujitsu. I don't think it's, of course, it's not a, probably a high revenue sport or anything like that. So a lot of people wouldn't have known about this, but public opinion is in our favor. And those girls who boycotted did so, so effectively that they protected not just themselves, but for generations of women to come. Um, so I, again, I just think that's how powerful it is. And I think it's what we need to see more of. We need to see more girls. When the gun goes off, you don't jump off the block. Um, that's how you say enough is enough and, and really communicate the message that we're not putting up with it. Riley, I'm so sorry that I keep smiling, but just when, when I, this discussion comes into my brain, like when I really like think about what we're discussing here and it's so silly, like that we're even having this conversation because who would have thought we would be in this place where we have to have this debate. Uh, but when I think about jujitsu, because I work obviously for UFC, like I know how intimate the sport can be. I mean, you have people that are literally mounting you and like straddling you and like rolling you around your heads, like in between their legs. It, it's, it's, it's a very intimate sport. And it's to me to think that I could have a guy straddling me where I'm not able to get up. And I have like all of his things in my face. It's again, on the subject of disgusting, um, I just don't even know how this was allowed to uh, hold water. I, I, don't, I don't know how any of this was allowed to happen in the first place. Anyways, uh, thank goodness uh, some people have some common sense over there and they've already created a division where they're saying, okay, now you can actually just compete against other biological women if that's what you're more comfortable with. Uh, but on the subject of you know men and biological women and them having to compete against each other, uh, Halloween, is this Tuesday, and I heard your husband had the most epic costume of all time. <laughs> he did. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, he is such a trooper. We had this idea, right? Um, he would dress up as Leah Thomas. <laughs> Truthfully, kind of just give him some understanding, right, of, of what it feels <laughs> like to put on a women's suit because he's the same size as Leah Thomas, uh, six foot four, a, a large, tall man. Um, <laughs> he had to wear a parka and some shorts or else he would have been popping out everywhere. Uh, it was quite hilarious for me to watch. 
Um, I don't know if he enjoyed it as much, but I definitely did. <laughs> uh, so here's my question. Like, were you so turned on that you couldn't wait to get him home and, and rip the dress off of him later that night? Is that, that's probably what you were feeling, right? This is probably like so sexy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, that's what does it for me. A wig and, and again, <laughs> um, things popping out of places that should never be popping out of. <laughs> yeah, that's what does it. Exactly. Um, Riley, you're fantastic. Thank you so much. And you were just saying at the beginning, I, I didn't get to hear because I think we were talking over each other. Where are you headed today? I'm coming to New York. Um, I'm going to be on Gutfeld this evening. So um, all you Fox Amazing. watchers, tune in to Gutfeld. Um, yes, really exciting stuff. And again, Chris, I'm a huge fan of yours. Um, Charlie, of course, you know, I'm a fan of yours too. So um, couldn't be more grateful for both of you and what you do. Um, it's incredibly admirable. Well, thank you, Riley, and uh, safe travels. We'll see you soon. Thank Feelings you. mutual, Riley. Travel safe. Thank you. Um, okay. Fantastic. Love her. Um, so we were already talking, uh, you know, about fighting and, and that whole world, so let's <clears throat> stick with that for a second. Uh, we saw Francis Ngannou enter the world of boxing this weekend in the heavyweight division. Look, there's been a lot of fighters uh, from the MMA world, UFC, who have tried to make this transition and it has not occurred so successfully. Uh, this one, on the other hand, though, was, I mean, to be honest, he should be very proud of himself, what he was able to accomplish. He didn't get the win, uh, but it was a split decision and he did nearly beat Tyson Fury. Uh, did you get a chance to check out that fight? I caught bits and pieces of it. I definitely think he probably did represent better than any MMA artist who's kind of crossed over to boxing so far. I mean, Connor showed out well, but to actually put down a guy who's, you know, amongst the best of his generation like he did with that left, imagine if he caught him with the right. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was definitely an impressive showing, and I have heard now that Ngannou has another opponent on his mind, uh, but then Ngannou... Uh, did I say Fury? Fury has another opponent he that does. he's taking on, I think, in, I think it's December. And then um, I think there might be a rematch for Nganu uh, in the near future. So everyone stay tuned for that. Uh, it'll be fun to see how part two goes down. Uh, disappointing, of course, on the side of Nganu. He would have loved to have got the victory. But there's another thing that's very disappointing, I think, in your world. Can you talk a little bit about that yeah this one hits home for me pretty good uh, i tweeted over the weekend that my university and if this makes me public enemy number one there so be it uh they decided to make the great anthony fauci their commencement speaker for their winter uh graduation and yeah it's uh, it was a tough one for me who do you think made that decision <laughs> i don't know i'm i i'm not really sure but it's kind of falls right in line with the last you know x amount of years there uh elaborate a little bit so they canceled our program our football program kind of right after i left and um kind of the the administration there really like shunned us and took away any remnants of us being there so we've been super disappointed For so, wait, why did they take away the football program it was weird it was very like slick and and under the t not, we never really got an answer it was more like uh we've done an anonymous two-year study and unfortunately we don't get enough alumni support and enough uh, donations. Okay. But they didn't tell any of us, which would have given us kind of a chance to go ahead and fix that. Uh, they kind of woke the kids up, they trained at seven, business as usual, and had a meeting at nine to cancel the program. So ever since then, we've had a bad uh, kind of taste in yeah. our mouth. So long story short, it brings us to after COVID, uh, almost long after COVID, they had sort of like a new administration come in and reach out to us. We're gonna have an alumni basketball game. I mean, a, a basketball game. We would love the Hofstra football alumni to come out and just kind of show support. I think they wanted to get a read for how much we would support it. 
And so I called the day before and I said, uh, I just want to make sure before I make the trip out there, a bunch of my buddies and I want to know if, we'll, if we're not vaccinated, are we able to get into this game that you're going to celebrate us at? And unfortunately, the answer was no. So about 20 of us, uh, well after COVID was over, basketball was back up and cranking, and we weren't able to go to our own Hofstra football alumni. Uh, and it's just, a, you know, then this is just the latest in a long list of where we've been sort of disappointed by the university. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah, Dr. Fauci is a, is a is definitely a he's a he's a interesting decision, right? I yeah. I I have to imagine, well, I guess it says he's going to make this speech to about 600 undergrad students who finished their degrees early, uh, but I wonder if anyone else will be like, "Oh, Dr. Fauci's on campus. I got to come to watch this graduation." You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Or maybe maybe people will even sense up and boycott their graduation. They'll be like, "Listen, Dr. Fauci's going to be there. I'm not going to be there." Yeah, I, I don't say, know. That could that could really be a bold move. Hofstra students, I'm talking to you. Maybe those of you, the 600 of you who, congratulations, by the way, on graduating early. Maybe not the worst decision to skip your graduation knowing that Dr. Fauci, full of lies and, you know, things of that nature. Uh, there's a lot of things we could say about Dr. Fauci. None of them so nice is going to be there celebrating you. Uh, lots of other people to celebrate with. So uh, there, there I implore you uh, to not get your degree uh, in that environment. I wonder if anyone will listen. We'll see. Um, okay, let's bring in our next guest, uh, Amber Harding. She is an OutKick writer. She's fantastic. She was just on the show last week, and uh, I'm going to let you lead the way here. Yes, we are super excited to bring in Miss Amber Harding. Amber, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Good. Uh, Amber, so I want to start off right out of the gate. I was locked onto your Twitter yesterday, and you were certainly locked onto that Miami Dolphins game. Uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Tyree Kill, the cheetah, first wide receiver. This is right up my alley, so here we go. Uh, first wide receiver in NFL history to reach the 1,000-yard mark in eight games, even ahead of the pace set by Megatron Calvin Johnson. Now, a lot of us get to – we know he's super fast, but we don't get to see him play week in and week out. Talk to me a little bit about sort of the cheetah effect. What, is, what do we not see, you know, as fans from home who catch him on highlights? What do you see as a Dolphins diehard who's watching them week in and week out? Man, he is, he is such a special player. And this Dolphins offense, I mean, it's explosive. It's made tons of headlines, but it's so much fun to watch. I look forward to it every single week. And that's coming from a Dolphins fan who lived in misery for a long time. This is, it's so cool to actually look forward to watching my team on Sundays. And Tyreek, like I said, he's a special player. He's got a really great bond with Tua and he's so much fun to watch. You know, he has just over a thousand yards now after eight games. He's got nine more to hit the 2000, which no player has ever done before. And he's averaging 127 yards per game. So I, I definitely think it's going to happen. Obviously, uh, Calvin Johnson has the record now. Um, he was just 36 yards short in 2000 or 2012. Sorry, um, but Tyreek has an advantage because he has an extra regular season game that Calvin Johnson didn't have. So I definitely think he makes it. Amber, what else was on your mind yesterday when you were watching football? There were a lot of things that were happening. Maybe some that we weren't expecting. Uh, for example, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, coming down with the flu and, you know, very, very reminiscent of the Michael Jordan days, uh, although Michael Jordan played a hell of a lot better when he had the flu versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, what was your take on the fact that during COVID, if you had COVID or there was any suspicion you had COVID, stay away, don't come to the facility, God forbid you step onto the field or get anywhere close to any of the 
members of the team. But if you have the flu, which let's be honest, at this point we've realized is very similar to the flu, a lot of the same symptoms, hey, come on in. We expect you to play. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he very well could have had COVID that's been rebranded as the flu. Who knows? Um, exactly. It, <laughs> the, the, it's so funny to me when I heard the news that he had the flu yesterday. First of all, I don't care that Patrick Mahomes is playing with the flu, but the whole thing just highlights the absolute silliness of the COVID draconian policies that the NFL had. I mean, here's Mahomes with a contagious respiratory virus. And insiders on NFL Network are applauding him for battling through this flu game, like you said, like Michael Jordan. And it's just like, where were y'all during COVID a couple years ago? I was looking back and in November 2021, the NFL and the NFLPA released this updated COVID protocol. It was a 101 page document, 101 pages. And it detailed every last measure the league was taking to prevent the spread of COVID daily testing, masks at all times, unvaccinated players and staff had to travel separately. There were even separate entrances to the team facility for people who were unvaccinated. I'm not kidding. That's in the document. So if you yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I actually, I actually am all for if a player thinks they can go out there and play, uh, that should be a decision that's made by the player and his coach to say, yeah, by all means, or hey, maybe we think you should sit this one out depending on what it is. Uh, but I think that's a decision that's made between the player, the coach, and the doctor. Uh, but if a player feels up to it and the team thinks it's appropriate, I have no problem with the player being out there sick, uh, whether it be with COVID, the flu, or otherwise. So I'm actually happy that they're moving in this direction, but it now just seems, you know, it leaves a very bad taste in your mouth when you saw how aggressively they were keeping people away when they had COVID years ago. And I mean, how they tried to tout COVID as being so ultra dangerous and, you know, risking people's lives if you had it. It just all seems very silly now. And I think now we can recognize in hindsight how bizarre and we'll just call it stupid it was. Uh, but no one will come out and outright admit that yet. Yeah. And I think I think that's that, that's it. It's just, you know, a lot of people uh, in my mentions yesterday and then in Clay's mentions too, were just like, stop it. No one cares about COVID anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's, that is exactly the point is that we that's realize the point. now. Exactly. Yeah, we realize now how silly all of that was, but the NFL will never come out and say, okay, we made a mistake. We might've taken things too far. Sorry to those unvaccinated players that we treated like second-class citizens for so long. Yeah. Or sorry to all the players that we forced to get vaccinated and now potentially could be having horrible health problems or to, hey, like the ones that we said you had to get vaccinated. So then they encourage their families to get vaccinated. Uh, and as we've seen, myocarditis rates have just skyrocketed conveniently through the roof in the past couple of years. Uh, I just feel really bad for everybody involved. But um, God, I could just go on a rant about COVID all day long. Uh, Amber, I want to shift gears to a different football story. Let's talk about Jim Harbaugh, something I know you've been pretty passionate about lately. He's dealing with something over at Michigan. I'm getting sort of Pete Carroll, USC vibes where he looks like he's about to jump ship now that the walls are closing in, but he may not get off scot-free. Uh, talk to me about some of the ramifications that the N moving to the NFL, it seems like he's not going to get away with, uh, without a slap on the wrist at least. Sure, sure. I mean, somebody is going to take the fall for this, and it's probably going to be Jim Harbaugh. I mean, one of two things could be true. Either he had no idea this was happening and he doesn't know what's going on in his own program, or 
he knows exactly what's happening and he went along with it. Neither one of those things is good. Now, this investigation is probably going to drag on and for a while. They tend to do that. But if there is a lengthy suspension that comes out of this, there's a lot of talk that he might go to the NFL per Pete Carroll, like you said. But uh, the league sources said yesterday that the NFL is not going to be a safe harbor for Jim Harbaugh. They want to keep that good relationship with the NCAA. And so if he does get slapped with a huge suspension, he's likely going to have to serve that suspension, whether he stays in college or whether he goes to the pro. And Amber, we know that on these campuses, these big time coaches are like the de facto mayors. They're often the highest paid, you know, public uh, workers in the state. Uh, are we to believe that Jim Harbaugh didn't know what was going on on his own turf? I don't believe for a second that Jim Harbaugh didn't know what was going on on his own turf. I mean, there's lots of video evidence, supposedly. I obviously haven't seen any of it, but there's plenty of video evidence from what I've heard that was on these hard drives that all the coaches accessed. So it, it's not looking good for him. And just yesterday, there was there was talk for a while now that Jim Harbaugh was going to get this huge new contract would make him the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. And then just yesterday, Michigan said that's off the table. That's not happening. So I think that's probably the first domino to fall. And we'll see what happens the rest of this season. But I, it's not looking good for Harbaugh. Well, Amber, over the weekend, there was some video that went pretty viral on the Internet. So I think we're going to bring that up as I talk about this next story. Uh, this has to do with the governor of California. Uh, Gavin Newsom made a controversial trip to China and while he was there, decided to partake in a schoolyard game of basketball at a local school. Uh, well, it looks like, uh, if we want to go ahead and show the video as I'm talking about it, that would be fantastic because this video is too good to not see. Uh, it looks like Governor Newsom decided to attend Joe Biden's basketball camp before he left. Because check this out. He's driving to the basket, completely falls over, very Joe Biden-esque. Uh, and as he falls down, takes the poor kid with him. I mean... I don't know if this is the impression he wanted to leave as he was in China, uh, as he's trying to wrap himself up in their politics. Uh, but I have to imagine that the parent of this child probably didn't appreciate that. Uh, Gavin Newsom, what the hell are you doing? Amber, talk to me about what's happening here. I, I mean, this is just kind of something we're going to make fun of. I mean, I don't know that there's so, something so deep to be discussed here, but what did you think about when you saw this video? And that is, uh, I, you know, I work the early shift on Sunday, so I'm up, I'm up pretty early. And that was the first thing I saw when I logged on to Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it yesterday. And it just absolutely made my day. I was like, if my day is starting with Gavin Newsom, absolutely trucking a small child on a basketball court, um, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> but uh, thankfully the kid was uh, okay. Yes. The whole thing was so bizarre. And then the way he kind of like hugs him and spanks him afterward. I, I was so off-putting, but I could look away. Yeah, well, again, uh, taking some pages out of Joe Biden's playbook, uh, the spanking also probably right there at the, at the beginning of the chapter in Joe Biden's book. Uh, so I do hope, I mean, I, I don't hope that Gavin Newsom ever runs for president, but, you know, the writing potentially could be on the wall. I hope that if he does, this is in all the attack ads because this is too good for us to just let go of and not see again. Uh, Amber, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. And I know I will see you soon. Thank you, Amber. Great, great to see you. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Uh, okay, so we are going to end the show on a little bit of a 
down note, unfortunately, but it's something that we want to talk and also celebrate the life of Matthew Perry, 54 years old, over the weekend, was found dead at his home, an apparent drowning uh, that took place in his jacuzzi. Uh, so, Chris, let's just get into that for a second because it's really sad. Obviously, he had such a profound effect on not just Hollywood, but so many of us who grew up watching Friends. And, I mean, it was such a cult classic. I mean, there was not one person. I would say there's not one person in the, in the world I would say, who's at least aware of, of pop culture, who has not heard of Friends. Absolutely. Uh, it's just so sad. And I know that the cast of Friends, they also share their condolences. Uh, but it's really horrible. And I know that he struggled deeply with alcohol, with drugs, prescription drugs. Uh, for some time now, he was in and out of rehab. So uh, my first instinct tells me that this was probably uh, an overdose sort of situation, although nothing has been confirmed yet. Yeah, obviously a couple of strange things with some of the posts that he's put out on social media. Kind of, it's uh, I guess coincidentally how it adds up. They kind of replicate how how he lost his life in the end, which is which is interesting. And more stuff's going to come out. But back to your point about friends kind of just permeating the culture. I could say that as a guy who's played football with big, you know, hulking men who know friends, and you know my little fiance who knows friends. So it's. There's not a person around who doesn't know, can I be more or have I said, you yeah. know? So, yeah, Matthew Perry it's has left sad. his mark. It is very, very sad. And, um, you know, condolences to his family and his loved ones. Yes, definitely. R.I.P. to Matthew Perry. Uh, such a shame to read stuff like that. Although, uh, in my opinion, it doesn't seem so shocking because I feel like these days we, we can probably just come back on camera if we want for this last part. Um, I feel like it's really sad because we see so often uh, people in Hollywood, people who have made such big names for themselves, who should be living the most celebrated of lives, who should be just really soaking in all of their blessings on a daily basis, uh, unfortunately passing away too young, too often, a lot of times taking their own lives themselves. Uh, and I just think it's a testament to the sad state of the mental health in this country. Uh, there's a lot of things we would attribute it to, but it's very sad. And I hope that, you know, there's lessons to be learned here. Uh, there are ways to get help. Uh, there are ways to help your own mental health. And, um, you know, this is just really sad. But uh, unfortunately, like I said, not all that surprising uh, when you think about the state of our whole country in general and really just the world in general. Um, okay, guys, listen. I know that was a little bit of a downer, but I'm so happy to have had you here with us. This has been a fantastic show. Uh, lots of fun guests included, lots of fun topics covered. Guess what? We're going to do it all over again tomorrow. So please do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. Also, make sure you're signing up for the alerts so you do not miss a moment of the action. You can follow me on social media all, all across all the platforms at Charlie on TV. And again, see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday. Hopefully you're not in Nashville. Like Riley just said, it's raining there. And you're also not here in New York City where it's also raining. Hopefully you are waking up to some beautiful sunshine and you have an incredible day. Guys, that's all we've got. See you tomorrow. Hey, looking for the hottest sportsbook offers at OutKick? Find exclusive promotion, expert bets, latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com backslash bet.